0: And uh, TJ uh, getting married a couple weeks back, and then right after that, um, we went and uh, we had the, the church camping trip. And so, uh, a little bit different, just getting back in the swing of things here and uh, preparing and uh, come up here to, to share God's word with you and, uh, and just see what He's got in store for us today. Um, we're in the book of Romans, which uh, I think uh, for the most part, everybody knows that, but if you would uh, turn there. As, as we're getting started. We'll be in uh, Romans chapter 1, and we're going to be finishing up chapter 1 today. We're going to be closing it out on uh, 28 through 32, and uh, some pretty uh, just negative stuff in there right now. Um, it, it's definitely been challenging in, in, in this part of it, um, but I want, to, want you to keep in, in focus that we have to understand what what our sin is and where we're headed to understand the grace of God, to understand his goodness, to understand what he is actually doing for us and, and what we're doing to ourselves when we, when, we, when we walk a different route besides with him. And so keep that in mind, like this, this, the, these first few uh, chapters and verses and stuff, is, it's pretty harsh stuff, it's, it's, it's um, some negativity. But again, we don't understand God's grace, we don't understand his goodness, if we're not shown what it is to be without. And so um, that's what Paul's doing here um, in, in showing that. So um, again, we're in Romans uh, chapter 1, verses 28 through 32. So uh, Paul's writing to the, Roman, uh, the church in Rome, um, and he is sharing, the gospel, sharing the gospel with them in depth. Again, starting from our fall, showing us why we need a savior, what we're being saved from, and he's making this case, and, and we're just barely getting started into this. Um, this is an in-depth study of this book. Um, there's so much meat and, and uh, uh, potatoes here to, to say that um, I encourage you to be, to be studying this with us as, as we go on. Um, and, and just get ready to, to camp out in Romans for a while. Um, this is, there's so much here. This is a book that we, we just cannot rush through. And... Um, Yeah, to just uh, be studying it, um, uh, reading it. So uh, I'm going to kick off and uh, read those verses, uh, and and we'll go from there. So again, uh, chapter 1, 28 through 32. It says, And since they did not see it fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, Please join me in prayer as we just get ready for, for what God has in store for us. And uh, anyways, uh, Father, we had just read your word, Father. Some pretty pretty harsh stuff there, Father, that we read. I pray, Lord, that, that we understand your word today. We understand where, where it is to live without you. That we see it and we're warned by it. And that we we look to you knowing what what would become of us without you father um i pray that we 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 hear what you have i pray that you would use me well father to to just lay down my my fear my insecurities lord that that you lord would be glorified in in my weaknesses father um and and just i thank you for your word i thank you for all that's here and uh lord we just we love you and we say these things in uh your son, Jesus Christ's name, amen. So as I started reading this and going over it and uh, listening to a few studies, it did catch my attention at the start of this. We, we, if you just jump in right here and you look at it, there's a lot of the word they. So they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness evil covetousness malice they are full of envy murder strife deceit and you have to ask yourself like well okay if i'm just jumping in here who are we talking about where are we at and so you you kind of have to go backwards and you got to go backwards a ways and if you you jump to romans uh 18 verse verse 18 you see where where we're going with this who he's talking to what who we're being uh discussed about here it's it says in 18 for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. So we're talking, as, as, as we've gone through Romans, and I preached on it, it's probably been about a month ago. It's about this suppression of truth. It's about, we see all around us, God's creation, who God is, what's written on our hearts, what right and wrong is, we see all this truth and we choose to ignore it. We choose to believe, I was going to say a different truth, uh, that, 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 that's not the right wording. We choose to, to what's that? That's yeah, that's a lie. We choose to believe in lies. So this is what's going on. This is when we choose anything but God, when we choose anything but truth and, and how far it can go on, on on where that goes with just disobeying one truth. And if you think about it, I, I got thinking of like an analogy of, of what we could use to, to understand, like we, de- we deny one part of truth on where it just keeps going and we get so far off base that we get to this place that we don't even acknowledge God, we don't even look to him, and we start doing these things that are just like ugly. And and it got thinking about this this last weekend. Um, You know, we was up there uh, at that uh, camping trip, and it was also the start of the archery hunt. And so it got thinking of the analogy of shooting our our, our bows and what it means to practice, what it means to uh, try to sight in, and, and I just got thinking, my, my weird mind, got thinking about math. And so as you're practicing with your, with your uh, bow, we usually just shoot at 20 yards. Um, if you can get good grouping at 20 yards, it usually translates into deeper yardages. And roughly you're starting pushing, uh, pushing the, the, uh, the ethics of bow hunting if you're getting past you know, 70 to 100 yards you're starting to really get, uh, unless you've been practicing a lot and you're very confident, um, you start getting out there. And I wondered, well, what happens at 20 yards if you just miss an inch? So here's an inch. I went digging through my shop to try to find something that I could hold up. And so here's an inch. And I'm like, okay, so what does it matter if I miss the mark at 20 yards by an inch? What happens at 100 yards? So again, this representing like we're aiming for truth. We have truth. We're let off with truth. And if we just keep deviating, how far does this one inch translate into a hundred yards? So doing a little bit of math and, and whatnot, come up with, believe it or not, I was, I was shocked by this. One inch. If, if I'm shooting 20 yards and I put an arrow here and I put an arrow here, I'm like, man, I'm on today. We're doing well. Actually, you know that. That's pretty good at 20 yards. At a hundred yards it translates into five inches, which surprised me. Now that may not sound that bad, but honestly, you guys at 20 yards, if I'm grouping like that, like this is rare. I I don't group that well. Um, You start doing this, you're going to start taking out your own arrows. They call it Robin Hood, in it. In all honesty, what we normally shoot for, and this kind of spooked me, is three inches. You try to get all your arrows within a three inch group at 20 yards. Now, just for, I could not find anything in my shop that was exactly three inches. This is two and three quarters of an inch. At three inches, if I put an arrow here and I put an arrow here at 20 yards, I was blown to find out that if I shoot at 100 yards with that type of accuracy, my range now is 15 inches. You have flat out missed the deer now. You Or you're hurting a deer... Um, kind of unethically, you're, you're, you're wounding the deer and maybe not getting the deer. Um, that is not well. When, when God has given us the ability to harvest an animal, none of us like to see an animal like suffer more than it has to. Um, that God has given us that animal. Um, he has provided food for our family through that animal. And the last thing you want to do is, is to like, uh, in, my, in my heart anyways, is to cause that animal to suffer any more than it has to. That is the, that's what come to my brain when I was thinking about truth. When we disregard truth for one moment and we go from that truth to a different truth to a different truth, which is not truth at all, <laughs> is lying. We see that where the start of it was with Adam and Eve. We see the fall. What happened after the fall? We have murder. And what happened after that? The list just goes on and on and on and on and on. And so we have that today. We have that here in the book of Romans, Paul giving the case of what happens when we ignore truth, when we choose not to acknowledge truth. This is where we start leading to, and, and it's an ugly situation. Um, Paul is showing us God is all around us. Everybody is a witness to it. Everybody has it in their heart, written on their heart that God is there. And then we see this, this depravity. We see this starting to go downhill. So today we're gonna to kind of be going over the definitions because you read through these, de- these, these things and there's a lot in there and sometimes you just blow through them and some of them, honestly, I didn't know what they were. I just kind of uh, grazed over them but after defining them and seeing them, you see a pattern coming up. You see a pattern of just deep selfishness, deep your God, no one else around you matters and, and it's all about you. A, a very ugly place to be in. So we start off here in 28. And we're just going to, it says, and since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. So they did not see fit to acknowledge him. Even though it's made clear, it's all around Everybody. We, we, we chose just to ignore that. We chose to look at ourselves as truth, as God, and, and we ignored everything. And then you see that it says, God gave them up to a debased mind. Kind of understand that, but I decided like debased. What, what is that kind of meaning? And, and I just looked it up quickly to, to look at the definition, debased, debased. To lower in status, esteem, quality, or character. The sentence that it was, not the sentence, a a thing that helped me understand debase. It it talks about a coin. It says to reduce the intrinsic value of a coin by increasing the base metal content. So we have this coin made of 100% gold, we'll call it and we're going to start adding a little bit of i don't know copper or nickel in it to to still make it look like a coin but the value is going down it's less and less and less this debased based mind is the same like thought process we have this mind that is clear and 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 right and as sin comes in and as we choose to ignore truth more and more and we choose to and we choose ourselves we have that decreasing of our, of our mind, of truth. And no longer is it clear, no longer is it well, it, it, is, it is not even the, the same gold that it started out to be. It's, it's something so far gone that, that it just it doesn't make any sense. And that's what we're seeing that's going on here in, in Romans here. He's talking about this. And in all honesty, you know, I haven't lived in the past, I've heard of some very harmful things that, uh, you know, the Romans did not only to our, to our savior, but, but to children. And, and I always look like, honestly, if God was not involved, we would have offed ourselves a long time ago. There's only so far you can keep continually missing that mark to where you hit the ground and you destroy yourself. So God is always, I, I feel with humanity, nick the arrow back up just and 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 here we are but in all honesty lately i kind of wonder with everything that's going on with technology and how the world is seeing every part of each other like are we in a time that is more depraved than before and you always hear that it wasn't that bad when i was growing up or this that and the other but again the bible clearly shows like us human beings were jacked up um look at what we did to our Savior, look at what we've done, um, you, look at, you look at Hitler, you look at all these different things. Like, to say that this is worse than that, you, you can't say that. But you start wondering about this depraved mind. Things that are going on in, in at least our culture right now that, that make me wonder that sometimes. Um, you know, I don't, I don't like to bring up politics or, or things in the news, but like, you make you wonder when you hear of, let's defund the police. Like, that strikes me as, as, as different. But then you have to, on the same hand, wonder, well, as our police force, people that were called to defend and, and protect, have they gone so far depraved that they don't look at it that way no more? Like, there's all these different things that you just wonder, are we in a time that have been less depraved than before? And I'm not here to say we do or we don't or we are or we aren't. But if you do look around, you see some depravity. Depravity. You see some things that are just not right, and and if you was to argue in, in any of these cases, like it's not like they don't truly believe in some of this, and so you have to say like, man, has things gone so far that, that again their mind is not one hundred percent whole? In truth, this wasn't in here, but I'll, I I start I think maybe it is later. Do you think sometimes maybe truth anymore is based on our feelings more than anything else? If I feel a certain way, that must mean it's true. No matter how much I argue with you that that car is out there and I can go physically touch it and see it and everything, but if you feel that that car is not there, that no matter what I say to you, that car is not there. And we when we just aren't going to be able to have a conversation. Like, I, I wonder if feelings are taking precedent over truth. And, and it's not my feelings. It's every one of our feelings is truth. And so now truth is is so far gone that it's, it's not there no more. It, it makes me wonder that. If some of that is going on. So off that rabbit trail there we're going to go down and we're going to see some of these definitions we're we're going to go down this this trail of of, of a depraved mind and and what goes on with it and so I'm, I'm going to read through here there's a lot again read through it and then we'll start breaking some of these definitions down in 29 they were filled with all manner of unrighteousness evil covetousness malice they are full of envy murder strife deceit Maliciousness, they are gossips, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. There's a lot there. Unrighteousness. It's it's not righteous. It's it's kind of the header of all these things that that we just read. Um, It's sinful. It's wicked. Um, Definition of righteous acting in accord with divine or moral law. Like I said, we, we all have that. And, and, and i was gonna save this for the end, but I, I wanted to bring it to the forefront. You want to ask yourself, do people think that way? Do they think in a moral righteous law? Flip the tables and ask them if it was done to them, would they like that? If they want to argue that your right is different from my right, Let's take some of these things and let's flip it. Instead of you performing those acts on me, I'm going to perform those acts on you. Tell me if that now feels wrong, if you feel less than, if you feel, let's say, unloved. You can see there by by flipping it, if they're stuck on themselves and saying that these things that I do don't hurt anybody, let's flip it around and practice it on them. I think that's where you're going to see that they do have this written on their hearts. They do have moral law on their hearts. Covetousness. A strong wish to have something, especially something that belongs to someone else. That right there you would say that doesn't hurt nobody. I'm just looking, I'm just coveting, um, uh, I don't know, the next door neighbor's new Corvette or whatever. But it can build into things. It can build into this next one, which is malice, a desire to cause pain, injury, or distress to another. Because you're looking at that guy and saying, I have worked harder than him. I have done more and more here and more and more there. I should have that, he shouldn't. So now you have this ugliness against him. You have this covetousness, covetousness against him. Isn't that kind of what happened with Cain and Abel? Like, you see that this doesn't look bad on the surface surface, to just say that I covet someone's items. But where does it lead the heart? What does it ultimately say about your heart? It says, God, you're not treating me fair. I've done this, this, and this, and this. But you've gave them that and not me that. It's a heart that is just so ugly that all you do is consumed with yourself. And you don't even look around at the stuff that God has given you. Um, What we have, I didn't write it down, but an example comes to me about the the prodigal son. Um, The younger son goes out, blows all the wealth, comes back, the father throws a party, and you've got the son that's been there the whole time. And he looks and he says, what in the world are you doing? I've done this, I've been here, I've been there. You have never done anything like that for me. Never once realizing where he's been, what he's had, Everything that the father has has been his the whole time. And, and you see that heart, that heart of, of um, not gratitude, of I deserve. And it, and it starts this downward spiral. Envy, a feeling of gis, discontented or resentful longing aroused by someone else's possessions, qualities, or luck. To me, that's, that's a, another one of those that you're very close to that, that covetousness. And then Paul writes, in in the very next one, we got murder. The unlawful, premeditated killing of one human being by another. You started coveting one thing. You started looking. Before you know it, you justified yourself and said, why I should have all that. You no longer look to God on what he's given you. You look to yourself and say, I'm God, and with me being God, I should have all this stuff. It builds up, and it builds up, and it builds up. And next thing you know, you have murder. Jesus talks about even if you hate someone, on on how that Affects and how you, you wonder if you had that person, if there was no consequences, if you had that person behind closed doors, what you would do. We need to protect our heart in them situations. Remember, we're supposed to love our enemies. The wrath of God is, is for him only. We don't contribute to that. We don't fall into that. We don't say, I'll pay you back. Ultimately, they're sinning against God when they sin event against us. We need to remember that, that God is the, the righteous judge in this. You keep on going the, down this, uh, this depraved mind. So I've looked at someone, someone else has. I figured that I deserved it. It's mine. I'm going to cause the, these, um, this, this malice. I'm going to cause them pain. I'm going to do everything I can. But at the end of it, I just want them out of the way. I'm going to take what, they're gonna, what they have. And, and it leads to murder. I almost get then after that, you got deceit. The action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. You start to be looked at and you start to say, well, they did this, they done that. It has nothing to do with me. You start practicing that deceit. You start going down the road of lying. Maliciousness is the trait of wanting to harm someone a bully's maliciousness may cause him to push smaller kids off the swings and laugh. Man, we're getting farther and farther. You're being looked at. You're, you're, you're lying. You're causing all this deceit. And you're starting to hate everyone around you. People are starting to look at you. And you're and you just you're going farther and farther. You lead to gossip. Again, we're, we're making people look less than. We're making ourselves look better than and people are looking less than. Slander, the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. I don't think it's any coincidence that it's right behind gossip because usually gossip is what we're doing. We're slandering someone You try to find a direct um, definition on gossip that fits. And it's tough. I come across something that uh, John Piper wrote. And and he he was asked this question. And he wrote an article about it on how it caught him off guard as well. And how it it was kind of ugly to him that he didn't have something right there. And and he went into detail about writing it. And this was the final definition that he gave instead of reading the whole uh, thing. Derogatory information about someone that you have that is shared with others in a tone of confidentiality that is not motivated by doing good to them and that you are enjoying in a way that shows your heart is not humble. Derogatory information about someone that you have that is shared with others in a tone of confidentiality that is not motivated by doing good to them and that you are enjoying in a way that shows your heart is not humble. Is your heart in sharing what you're talking about, is it to bring and build them up? Or is it to bring them down to build you up? If you're going to someone because you're genuinely concerned and out of love you want to help and you see the person that is there with you and you are genuinely thinking that that is a way to build them up, that is different. If you're going to them just to share the latest soapbox train, there's, there's the problem. You gotta look at your heart. Slandering someone's name. Talking negative about someone. Going through at, at work, what's your actions? Like, this is what hit me on this one. What's your actions speaking about? When, when you come up and you talk to your buddy and so-and-so, I forgot to put the, um, I don't even know. There's so many things. Like, so-and-so, did you see He didn't put a seatbelt on today? Like, what are you telling that other person for? It's, it's to, first you're gossiping, then you're slandering that guy's name. Like, you're making him less than. Um, slander, again, is the action or crime of making a false spoken statement damaging to a person's reputation. So was it true? Well, just, it just hit me that, that the guy didn't wear a seatbelt. Yeah, that's true. But I'd done it almost as in I, I'd done it to to slander his name, to, to make him look less than. I, I spoke it as in to, to make him look like an idiot, where he could have just been in the mind frame of just forgot it. Instead of giving that human attribute of, of spacing it off, um, just that he's an idiot, um, I, I made that false accusation against him. Insolent. This is a word I did not know. Read it, blown through it before. Insolent. Just by raise of hands, does, am I the only weird one that didn't know what it was? You don't know what it means? Who does know what it means? It might be what? Lazy? Um, so the, the 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 definition I got was insolent was showing a rude, showing a rude and arrogant lack of respect. I did not know that. Uh, someone that's kind of um, well arrogant um, just goes around and says, "I know it all. Um, I don't need your help, even though um, you may have experience in this and you've you've been there, done that. Eh, you know nothing. I got all this." Uh, insolent, showing a rude and arrogant lack of respect. Haughty. That was another one that's like, yeah, you read through it. That sounds like a bad word. sounds, I don't want to be haughty. Someone who is haughty is arrogant and full of pride. When you're haughty, you have a big attitude and act like you're better than other people. A haughty person acts superior and looks down on others. Haughty people are disdainful, overbearing, prideful, swaggering, and obnoxious. Who comes to mind in that one if you're thinking scripturally? My first mindset goes to the Pharisees. Man, that's the last thing we want to be to a lost and fallen, broken world. Is to come and lord things over them when they fully don't understand. We need to be, uh, we do not want to be that. We we need to be humble. We need to share the truth in love. But not as you, I can't believe you don't understand that. Or not as in your Bible thumping them all the time. like They don't understand. That's what just come to my mind is is again the Pharisees. We do not want to be that. Moving on, it goes into boastful, showing excessive pride and self-satisfaction in one in one's achievements, possessions or abilities. Honestly, what do we have to boast in? Why is that? He's worthy. So can you boast in a job well done? Yes, sir. Or the do Amen. You know, you hear about pride is such a bad word um, because of what it leads your heart into. You know, making, uh, you look at yourself and you look at these things and you become uh, deaf to anybody else that wants to share truth with you because of your pride, I've got this figured out. That led me on one day into like, I always look at it as a good thing if someone says, or even I've said, I take pride in a job well done. I take pride in my job. Then it dawned on me one day, how can you take pride in something like a job well done if you're not looking at the person who gave you them abilities? So for me to be able to do a job well done or be able to fix a car, diagnose a mechanical thing well, to stand back and say that, I'm all that, and a bag of pancakes, as Paige would say. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but I, I'm all that. I've got this figured out. Um, look at me. I, 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 um, I'm smart. Um, if you guys want anything figured out, come to me, because uh, I've got this part of the thing all figured out. What are you forgetting about? Where did that come from originally? So again, if we want to boast, say I've got this certain skill that I do well, and I, and I do it better than anybody else, anything like that. And you, you again, you're, you're diving into an area that, that's spooky scary, because you look at yourself, you look at yourself as the truth, and there is no other truth in what you do. And if anybody questions you, <laughs> heaven forbid, you're, you're, you're the one that knows it all. I've got this. We need to be cautious in that. Like we, we need to remember where that comes from. So this boastful, boastful, showing excessive pride and self-satisfaction in one, one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. We have nothing to boast in, but the Lord Himself and what He has given us. The skills that He has given. Like, uh, we all have different skills. Jenny, I can't do what you do. I've seen what you did with with Paige's hair, and and the I don't know how you got hair to do that. That is amazing to me. Like. Like that's how shows the intricate details of God and how he's built every single one of us different. Remember to boast in the Lord. We come to foolish. A person or action lacking good sense or judgment, unwise. The farther you go down this road and the farther you get away from truth, that arrow just keeps traveling further and further away from truth, away from where it's supposed to be going, you just flat out become foolish. You become unwise. Faithless, without belief in the revealed truths. It does say of religion, but I, I, I think you would, that would be a tough one to put in there for some. Like, so you just say without belief in revealed truths. Unbelieving in those truths Not true to an allegiance or duty, treacherous, disloyal, faithless. I found that revealing, and that's not the definition that I was thinking of. I was thinking, I guess, just faithless, like you don't have faith in anything. But honestly, like, that turned me a little bit without belief in revealed truths, you're faithless, you don't, you know, you can't hold on and grasp some of these moral truths that we talk about. You have to almost see them in action. Again, if someone wants to argue in that way that there is no moral law, no moral truths, flip the tables on them and and see how they feel. I think they would, they would argue differently if they were on the other side of the fence. And then the farther we get here, these last two, you've totally flipped now, I feel. And, and you are no longer. I guess you're no longer in in a way human. You're no longer different than, than the rock on the ground. Heartless, displaying a complete lack of feeling or consideration. Ruthless, having or showing no pity or compassion for others. You've gone away from the likeness and the image, of God. To just an object. You. You just don't feel no more. You're done. This is that depraved mind. Chose to ignore truth. It's all around you and you continue to live in this this depravity. It's all about self and no one else. And honestly, if you want to see a definition of Of Satan himself, there it is. God made him like no other, as far as in his beauty, his understanding, his light. And he took that and he started looking at himself. Didn't realize that he was created. Thought that he could do all that, and you see, you can see the Lord released him to a depraved mind where it went farther and farther and farther and farther. And you come to the end of, of this, and it says in 32 Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. All of us are aware of God's God's righteous decree. It's all written on our heart. We all have that moral law. We all have a desire to understand Things of this world, as, as far as creation, and and I talked a couple weeks ago, a month ago or so, about the numbness that I think we've all come to, not all, sorry, um, I was pretty generalized. Uh, just that that we can come to, where we look at birth of a child as normal, where we look at a seed that that I had up here then that that grows from nothing to something, that some seeds grow, some don't. We look at all this and we just think. That is normal. That is supposed to be there. The sun coming up every day. We see, we know God's righteous decree. We choose to ignore them. We choose to ignore truth. And we get so far that the depravity now is they give approval of those who practice them. They want more people to be on that area. They're lost. They're lost. They're broken. In summary, this, this come to me as I was prepping, and this, maybe for some of you uh, younger ones, maybe you don't remember this. Do you guys remember the, <laughs> this is a goofy one, the drugs? You got the commercial where they crack the egg open. This is your <laughs> mind on drugs. This is not. Um, don't know. Paige, Ashley, have you seen that one? Uh, it's famous, though I don't think I've ever seen the- <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That is, that is kind of the same thing that I felt. When you start leaving truth and you start going down this, deprived, this, this depravity, when you start going on feelings over truth, you start going down this. This is your brain when you choose anything but God. And this is your brain on God. This is your heart. This is the straight arrow. So in this, you know, Paul is showing us the brokenness of the world and what's in it. I hope that he's, he's grabbing us and he's showing us that we are in need of something different than what we have right now, as far as the, the brokenness of the world, this path, this, this depravity. I hope as we go on, we're going to see more and more that we are lost, we are broken. We need Jesus. I hope it also inspires us to like we, we see how broken things are and how messed up they are and we see the truth of Christ and it leads us to speak up. It leads us to share truth when people are fallen and broken. When things aren't going the way they should be going because of this brokenness. We have the greatest treasure ever, and we see the brokenness, our eyes are open to this, and we possibly may withhold that treasure from others. Their mind is so far that they think that this is all there is, that today is all there is, and tomorrow is all there is, and after that I'm done. Even though deep down they have a desire to live for forever, because that's how we was designed. I don't want to be part of that depravity. I don't want to help that. I want to encourage you today. I, I think there's three things we could do as believers. We can speak up and share the truth. We can just keep quiet and keep it to ourselves. Or we possibly contribute to the brokenness. Now, as believers, I don't think we can do anything besides we do need to speak up. That keep quiet, You know, we all have that uh, kind of scaredness thing. That's where we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Spirit to come in us, to walk with us, to share life with others. Are we sharing truth, church? The world so desperately needs it. These are some some different times, trying times. One last thing as we're getting ready to close I was talking uh, with a friend with with Ben and and we we were we were talking about this chapter these these verses and it come to our children and we come through a part of of where where things are at right now and it just brought up the the seriousness of of walking with our children. If we are not influencing our children with truth in a loving way, not, not what I've been guilty of, which is uh, Bible thumping them. Um, sharing truth in a loving way, living truth. If we're not influencing them with that, what is influencing them? Because I'll tell you right now, with technology and with electronics, the influence of the world is very strong right now. So again, if you're not influencing your children with truth, then who is? Again, we don't want to be a contributor of, of this fallen and broken world. We, we want to love others. We want to share truth with others so they don't go down this, this depravity. Because we have all been there. We have all sinned against God. And if it wasn't for him ticking that arrow back up, we would be buried in the dirt right now. But by his goodness, his grace, he grabbed us. And he used people to do that. Each and every one of us have a story of someone that, that was used by God to, to, to walk us. God grabbed us, but he usually puts someone in front of us with us. So it comes back. We're starting to see our ugliness. We're starting to see what goes on when mankind is just left to his, his, his own desires. God finally pulls back, releases, and says, go ahead. There's the wrath of God. I'm going to leave you over to your depraved depraved mind. And hopefully, again, this brings us to the gospel, to the good news that, that God did not let that go all the way through, that God grabbed us through Jesus Christ. He stopped it. that even through all this weirdness and ugliness that, that God has us, we know truth, He has revealed truth to us, and I'm so thankful for that. So today, um, be thinking of that. Be thinking of what our roles, our responsibilities are in knowing that truth. That, that we're sharing it with others, we're walking so tenderly with our children And honestly, the only way to do that is is to be on our knees, um, listening to Him, praying with Him, walking with Him. We need to be open and daily our scriptures. um, Because again, if you're not filling your life with Him, there's thousands of other things that are trying to take you away from Him. And you're filling your life with with just, uh, with things that are trying to destroy you, basically. Uh, Let's pray. Oh, Father, uh, just the ugliness of, of today's message on, on, on the, the depravity of mankind, on, on what goes on when we're left as God, when we decide what is right and wrong. In some ways, it's scary, Lord. In some ways, it's, it's, it has not, it's just unwell. It's, it's, it's not good. Lord, and I just have to, to, to say thank you. I have to, to like, humbly say thank you that you would come and you would pull us out of that. And Lord, I hope that that changes us because we see that mercy and grace that was given to us and it transforms and we take our eyes and we, like, we need to look at others to help others. Because we just start seeing your way so much more clear and we're seeing our way as death and destruction. Lord, you are the author of life. And when we decide to let go of that and choose anything but you, Lord, there is no other. It's just death. It's destruction, Father. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you for the hard, hard message today, Lord. And just uh, I pray that we're transformed by it, Father. Amen.